What is up, Charleston basketball fans? Welcome back to the Holy City Hoops podcast, where it has been a minute, but we are dusting off the microphone, getting back into the swing of things, getting ready for college basketball season. Very busy offseason for your Charleston Cougars. I feel like we're going to need at least half an episode just to break down the player movement, roster changes, coaching staff changes, scheduling news, huge wins on the recruiting trail. Keep an eye out for that closer to the first game of the year because we are starting this season of the podcast as we do every year by speaking to the head coach of the Charleston Cougars. Year two for Pat Kelsey in the Holy City. And as I think you'll hear from Coach Kelsey, he's a little more comfortable in the role, a little more settled into the position. One year on the job, knows his roster, knows the league a little bit better having played through it one time. But the same energy and enthusiasm, you'll hear all the usual catchphrases from Coach Kelsey. We talk about his first year at CFC, the differences between last year's team and this year's team. And if you remember our conversation this time a year ago, we're going to do the same exercise where we go down the roster, spend a little time on each player, specifically the new guys. So always fun to chat with the head ball coach. If this is your first time listening to the Holy City Hoops podcast, thanks for listening. Welcome. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast so you can join us every week this season. And if you've listened to us before, thanks for coming back. Should be a really fun basketball season in the Holy City. Expectations are definitely higher this season than they were last year. Uh, If you saw the CAA preseason polling, you'll see that that's the case. And the goal is a championship and a run to March Madness. Coach Kelsey and the players are pretty clear about that. And that's not always the case, uh, especially for a rebuilding mid-major school. But that's where expectations are given the roster, the staff, the administration. So it's exciting. And aside from just those expectations, Charleston Classic, the Cougars are going to be playing in that. Always a great event at TD Arena on ESPN. Great platform. Obviously, the return trip up to Chapel Hill, where the Cougars will try to get some payback against the number one team in the nation, UNC. That's going to be a great game to kick off the year. And a pretty loaded home schedule. Lots of NCAA tournament teams coming down to Charleston. Cougars are going to test themselves early. And then they get into that new look CAA. So, Really excited for the upcoming season. Hope you'll join us for the ride. But enough chit-chat from me. Let's get into today's conversation with Coach Kelsey. Coach Kelsey, welcome back to the Holy City Hoops podcast. How are you doing? Hey, Tommy. Thanks for having me. I'm glad to be here. Right on. Uh, So last time we spoke, you had just taken the job. I don't even know if you had unpacked the boxes in your house yet. You're now one year into the gig Uh, first season in Charleston have you had a chance to reflect and think back to like oh when I think of year one in Charleston I'm going to remember this or that it was a it was a whirlwind for sure you know coaches lives are crazy at times when they move you move families you move new new churches new schools new grocery stores new neighborhoods finding a house building a program I mean it was it was uh a whirlwind that's for sure but uh, you know we're settled in now as 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 a family uh, this is home now. Uh, year under our belt, we have a group of returners back that uh, can kind of speak our language already and can sell our message in the locker room every day. Everything that we install, everything that we do isn't for the first time. Uh, and it's great to have those additional voices being extensions of the coaching staff every day. So this preseason has uh, ha- has been a little bit more seamless, that's for sure. So those four returnees, obviously the sophomore class and then guys like Chuck and Psycho D, 
how can you utilize this summer with them as opposed to last summer when you're still compiling a roster and yeah, I think it's just what I said before that that it it just makes it so much easier as a coach when your culture is implemented. You know, I mean, we we were building something from the ground floor from scratch last year, and even though that we had some vet, veteran players, John Meeks, who his law had logged hundreds and hundreds of minutes at a high level of Division One basketball and and other guys as well, everything was brand new. Um, and then implementing was just, it was a tedious task. Everything, everything was brand new to everybody. So just the fact that there's familiarity and, uh, what we're about, what we stand for at our core, our culture is already implemented. Uh, it, it, it obviously makes it a lot easier. First pass through a new conference as well for you. What's the biggest difference between the big South and the CAA? Well, I, I think going through an entire year, uh, I have a, unbelievable amount of respect for the level of coaches in our conference. Every single night, you're going to play against well-prepared, hard-playing, disciplined teams with uh, very, very, very good talent. Um, Conference play, no matter what, is a grind. Every game is an absolute war. That was the case in the Big South. That's the case here. I think that's the case with every conference around the country because of familiarity, because you know, you, you, you focus in on those teams and you're playing them for two and a half consecutive months, you know, tendencies. Uh, then it's a little bit of a chess match in terms of scouting and preparation. The next time you play somebody, the second time through. Um, but again, I think to answer your initial question, I have a, a whole lot of respect for the talent level and the level of coaching in our conference. Yeah, I remember when Charleston made the jump from the SOCON to the CAA and it was it was like the number of guys who could score 20 points on you per team seemed to go up when you when you jumped up to the CAA. I want to talk about individual players, and I want to start with one that you may not expect me to, Raekwon Horton. So anybody who listens to my podcast knows how big of a Ray Horton fan I am. And I have never seen a player develop so much from game one to the final game of the season. Like I've seen incremental progress. I've seen like year over year jumps. But Ray to go from... Over a hundred to start his career from the field, couldn't buy a bucket to postseason winner go home in the starting lineup, giving you a double double. What do you attribute his development to? Well, I think it's a great example of persistence and perseverance, not hanging your head, not getting discouraged, continuing to have uh, an elite focused every day. That's what he did last year because you're right. I mean, uh, you know, he maybe struggled from a number standpoint, but you know, he was behind a lot of veteran guys and early in the season, he was struggling to get into the rotation. He played very, very few meaningful minutes for a long time. And when that happens, a lot of times guys pack it in, right? You just, nah, you know, it's, uh, I'm a young guy. I got to wait my turn next year, the year after my future. And um, Ray just continued to work and work and work and work. Uh, and you mentioned it, Tommy, to the point where at the end of the year, I thought he was one of the best freshmen in the entire league to the point where in the conference tournament, he's playing 28, 30 minutes a game and making big shots and guarding the best player on the other team. My nickname for him is, and I joke about it all the time, is Big Game Ray. You know, you hear Big Game, big game like James, James Worthy from Carolina folklore. 
uh, big game Ray, because he just steps up in big moments. And, you know, in today's day and age of the grass is always greener somewhere else, transfer portal, if, if you're not getting your minutes and you don't like the role, it's, well, let's see, let's just, let's just change and go somewhere else. I, I'm just so proud of, of Ray's mentality last year and how he improved. And you're right. It's one of the great stories, I think, in, in my coaching career to see somebody go from very few minutes to one of the key crucial pieces of our team by the end of the season is pretty cool. Yeah, and I, I know you've mentioned the freshman getting so many minutes last year is going to pay dividends long term because now it's they almost have the number of minutes of, of an upperclassman at this point. So for Ray's classmates, Ben, Rain, Baba, those guys, what's uh, what's the next step for for their development? Yeah, I said it last year when you play freshman that type of uh, of minute minute load, if you will, the next year you expect them to not be sophomores but to be juniors to be upperclassmen. When you're an upperclassman, you have more responsibility than just yourself. When you're a freshman, Raekwon was a perfect example. He just got to get, he had to get himself right. <laughs> he had to have his, his own mind right every day when he walked into practice to, 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 to grow and to get better. And you're just trying to survive a lot of times as a freshman. Everything's brand new, the level of play, the ferocity of practice, the intensity of scouting every day, you're away from home, uh, uh, demanding academics. Your schedule is just absolutely packed and guys' heads are spinning. You know, it's not if a freshman hits a wall, it's when he hits a wall. Well, you know, they, 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 they fought through that and had a very successful, productive freshman year. And now nothing is new. Everything is uh, uh, the second time around. The things I teach, my terminology, our culture, all the stuff I talked about at the beginning of the interview, those are all familiar with those guys. Now, it's their job as upperclassmen, as juniors, as I mentioned, to make sure that you're an extension of the coaching staff. It's not about just getting your mind right. It's uh, the leadership responsibility to make sure that the team is in the right mental space. Our practices are productive. Scouting is is precise and the attention to detail is on it. They have to be leaders. And all of those guys have the intangibles within them to be phenomenal leaders, some more vocally, some more by example. But those are things that we're really anticipating and expecting those guys to bring this year. You talk about jumping into the fire a lot of close games last season, and that's just the nature of, of conference play. Can you take anything away from those close games? It didn't seem like you know every close game was the same, but do you work on that in the offseason to to work on those late game scenarios? Because I forget what the, the stat was for the Cougars. It was something like almost every conference game was within five points. How do you approach that this year to give fans less gray hairs when we're watching the Cougars? Or coaches less gray hair. You know, it's uh, we, we call, you know, the last eight minutes of the game winning time. And uh, we, we do, you know, a drill almost every day. We call it victory drill where we focus on the last eight minutes of the game and in particular the last four minutes of the game, you know, when when situational basketball is, is very, very, uh, very, very important. And, um, you know, we're right there in every single game last year because I thought we were a really, really good team. Um, you know, sometimes the ball doesn't bounce your way. Sometimes a shot doesn't go in here or there. But just the fact that that team, um, you know, without even a without a true point guard, I give Demetrius Underwood yeah. a ton of credit last year. 
Um, we asked him to play a position really that he had never, never had, you know, at the division three level, he was more of a, a three or a four. And just because of necessity and the way our roster shaped out, um, you know, he was asked to take the ball, put it on his hip, lead our team, uh, run the offense. And I thought he did a very, very, very good job of that. Um, yeah. All conference player. Know, he was, a, he was an all conference player. That's exactly right. Um, you know, one thing that we've kind of focused on, whether it's in building of this year's team and the additions that we made is, um, and, and then just our focus is assist to turnover ratio. You know, that's something that was uh, Achilles heel of our team last year in taking care of the basketball. And that's something that we're focusing on every day as well. Last year, we talked about the new players on the roster. It's not as long of a list this year, but I was hoping to you know, get a, a quick scouting report or a couple thoughts, an introduction to some of these new guys for, for the fans. So I was going to run through the list and just like last time, first thoughts on, on these guys. This list is alphabetical, so we'll start with the Croatian sensation. Ante Brzovic, am I pronouncing yeah, it right? Yeah, so I think it is important that we mention, um, you mentioned Psycho D, Dal- Dalton Bolin, and, and Charles Lampton, who are upperclassmen returners for us. Uh, Charles played a ton of minutes last year. He's a big physical presence inside and has worked his tail off to improve his overall game. Dalton Bolin is one of the most ferocious, tough competitors that I've ever been around. Unfortunately, he broke his foot last year and yeah. is now back fully healthy, brings leadership, toughness, ability to score the ball. Um, he is about what a Charleston basketball player is about. Both those guys are gym rats too. Yeah. Tommy, I, I, I think that's something that uh, is a hallmark of what our program is about. Our culture is about gym guys, you know, um, and, and I appreciate you saying that because that's something our guys take a, a lot of pride on is the work they put into their craft. You mentioned Ante, uh, a, a, a transfer, a Division II transfer that averaged uh, 17 and a half and I think 11 rebounds at the D2 level. A very skilled uh, post player that can – score from the outside shooting threes and can score from the inside with very good footwork post moves and a deaf passer. He has a good IQ. Um, we expect him to, you know, to be a very, very important impact player for us. Let's go to a freshman, Jordan Crawford. Yeah. Craw, um, Craw is wired to score, man. Like, you know, he played at North Mecklenburg high school for Dwayne Lewis, one of the you know best high school coaches in the state of North Carolina and, and um, tradition rich program. And Jordan was the best player on a really good team last year. He was in the running for Gatorade player of the year as a freshman, just can flat put the ball in the basket. I mean, I was at a game last year in high school where he made eight threes at half. Wow. Just can really, really, really fill it up. Um, willing learner doing an unbelievable job of trying to pick things up, uh, follow the lead of the older guys. He's on our veteran team with a lot of older guards. He's changed his body, lifted hard, and he's going to be a very, very good player here. Another freshman, Evan Kilminster, uh, coming through that Australian pipeline, same school as uh, Rain Smith. Yeah, the Australian Institute of Sport, in my opinion, is you know one of the best basketball training academies in the world. We've recruited the Institute. So the best players in the country go there um, at a young age, two years of high school where they train every single day from some of the highest level coaches that I know. 
and um, Xavier Cooks was a player for that we had it went through. That's an NBA caliber player. Kyle Zunick, who's now uh, a big time pro in the Australian League. Um, you know, Rain Smith in in and you you talk about all those pros, whether it's um, you know Dyson Daniels yeah. and it's uh, Josh Andrew Delavadova and Bogut and you name it, they all went through there and Killy went through that funnel for two years, uh, high IQ, terrific passer, competitor, can score the ball, um, you know, is, is, is going to be a really, really good player here. And you mentioned uh, veteran point guards and, and focusing on assist-to-turnover ratios and having a pure point guard. Ryan Larson seems to kind of fit the mold of, of what you were talking about there. Can you tell us about his game? You know, I mentioned how tough Dalton is. I think Ryan is – right there neck and neck which says a lot because dalton's dalton's crazy how tough he is um ryan will lead the country in charges terrific leader um very good playmaker can shoot from distance um just a just a bulldog and his log tons of minutes i mean i think he's whatever it is he's started a hundred and something games at a high level of division one wofford is a very very good program with great tradition those coaches there love him and just speak the world of him. Terrific leader and going to be a really good player for us. Uh, another freshman who – is Khalil London coming off an injury, but he's – is he healthy now? Yeah, so so Khalil's uh, coming off a knee injury in April where he had his uh, ACL repaired. His recovery is going outstanding. He's making great progress. I think whatever that is, he's close to the six-month mark. You know, typically um, nine to 12 <clears throat> is when you are sort of released to start playing, which will be late mm -hmm. in our season. Um, so for all intents and purposes, he would um, uh, most likely redshirt this season. But Khalil is uh, an electric guard uh, that can play make, that can score. Um, he's put up big numbers at the prep school he went to. And I uh, think he's got a chance to be a terrific player here at the College of Charleston, can do a ton of things, and uh, is a high-level player. Another guy who has scored a lot of points, started a lot of games in his career, played with Dalton Bolin at West Liberty. What can you tell us about Pat Robinson? Pat is a bull of a guard, big and physical. Um, you know, he's, I, call, I joke with him, I get like, your you body looks like Mike Tyson. You know, in prime, prime Mike Tyson, <laughs> he's uh, uh, had had an unbelievable career at West Liberty at the Division Two level, all you know, all American caliber there. Um, put up big scoring numbers, uh, has ability to affect the game in a ton of ways. Uh, gets to the free throw line, which is huge in New Age basketball analytics. Can generate free throws. Uh, gets downhill, scores at the rim. Um, uh, working his tail off on his three-point shot, shot a good percentage at the at, at West Liberty, and is working really hard to improve his three-point shooting here. And I think uh, two two things: one, he fits right in that mold of Ryan Larson and Dalton Bolin in terms of nasty toughness. But uh, I think one of the underrated pieces of his game is his ability to pass the ball. He just has a very good sense uh, of 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 not only driving violently, putting foul pressure and rim pressure at the rim in transition as well. He's very efficient. 
but he also makes the right play and he finds the right player. A lot of times, you know, if you're a strong physical driver, I call it the lights going out in the gym and all you see is you in the basket. He's got an ability to, to, to make people around him better too. Um, so, so really excited about Pat. And then finally, uh, from the NAIA level, Jalen Scott, who was one of the best players in the country at that level. To me, he looks almost like a clone of Demetrius Underwood in terms of like physical build. Is his game similar to, to D-Meet or, or a little bit different? I think in a, in a lot of ways, uh, they're, they're just, you know, the eye test, the, the body of Demetrius and, and, um, and of Jalen are wows. And you're, Jalen's a big physical guard, six foot six, 225, um, you know, and he's, he's just a, a versatile guard. He could play on the ball at the point and put up big, big assist numbers because of his ability to pass the ball, play, make, make people around him better. Um, but, you know, he can play attacking the basket too. put up huge free throw numbers, his ability to generate free throws, similar to Pat Robinson and, um, and rebound, you know, those are, those are all things that I, I didn't mention with a Pat, uh, ferocious rebounder, Dalton Bolin, um, tough physical rebounder, Jalen Scott, very, very, very good rebounder. And a, and a very versatile defender as well. I think that Jalen is going to be one of the best defenders at his position in our conference, can kind of guard the one through four, um, maybe at times the one through five, has a very good sense for touching the ball, stealing the ball, deflecting the ball. A lot of those same qualities that you mentioned that Demetrius had last year, um, That those are a lot of the things that Jalen brings to the table. Did I miss anybody? Talked about Baba, Ante, Chuck, Benny Burnham. Did we talk about Benny? We can talk about Benny. And Rain, Ken, Kenny, and, Kenny and, Burnham. And, you know, Kenny, <laughs> Kenny Burnham. Um, you know, those three guys that we didn't talk about as a lot, like, you know, Babacar, man. Like, you talk about a dude that's been invested in the offseason in his game. Like, he is working tirelessly on his shooting, on his ball handling kind of a jack of all trades, you know, can play inside and out, can guard a bunch of different positions. Um, love his ability to, to, to just pick stuff up and learn. You know, it's, he, he, I thought last year he was going to struggle a little bit with the language barrier just because, you know, and his English has gotten better and better and better and better. But I said last year, Baba speaks basketball, <laughs> You know, and it, last year I remember trying to explain stuff to him real slow, and all of a sudden he'd look at me, and goes, ah, "I, got, I got it, Coach." I'm like, "My bad, Baba." Um, just a joy to coach. Great, great, you know, great competitor. Um, six foot eight, eight, nine, whatever he is, long arms, and um, can affect the game in a whole lot of whole lot of ways. Kenny, Benny, don't call him Kenny Burnham. Um, you see the transformation of his body, Baba's body, in a year of being here. Benny's again, one of those just versatile players that can kind of be positionless. like yeah. a lot of the other guys that we mentioned, um, six, seven, it, it can shoot the ball from distance. As you know, Benny's got an unbelievable knack. This is a great knack in basketball for putting the ball in the basket. Need that. No, it's important. He just has, he just has this knack, whether it's around the rim to, to bump the defender a little bit, get space, get freedom to get his jump hook, his little fadeaway off. Um, tough dude, rebounds, 
And, um, you know, he was, he was all rookie league and in, in has a lot of respect around the league from the other coaches, as you can tell, and we're expecting a big jump from Benny uh, rain Smith, who was, I think runner up rookie of the year in our conference. Again, another guy whose body has really developed. He's gotten stronger. He's uh, working very, very hard on, on the defensive end. He's probably one of our most accountable defenders in, in terms of our system and being exactly where he's supposed to be all the time. He's very conscientious when it comes to that. People don't give him enough credit for his toughness and his grit and his tenacity. If he switches on to a five or to a four, he's a bulldog, man. He's going to put his rear end right on the guy's shins, not let him catch the ball. And obviously the elephant room that we haven't talked about is his ability just to flat stroke it. Um, one of the, one of the best freshman shooters that I ever coached and you know, he's going to continue to do that. He's in the record books at CFC now. It was a monster, monster season. So we talked about Ryan, Killy, Khalil, Reno, giving you some of my nicknames for these guys. These are good nicknames. Pat, Pat, Crawfish, uh, Ray, Big Game Ray, Ray Ray. I don't call Dalton Psycho D. Uh, Everybody else does that. I just call him Dalton (laughs) for some reason. He's got enough crazy nicknames. Uh, Benny, um, Jalen, Baba, Ante, and Chuck. Great kids, represent our program in a first-class manner, um, and we're on a quest to win a championship, and, and, and uh, I'm excited and lucky to be their coach. So how do you see this team being different from last year's team? I mean, what's going to be the same? There's obviously some elements of, of your style that are going to carry over, but there's personnel differences as well. Yeah, I mean, that's one cool thing about coaching. It's like Forrest Gump said, um, your career is like a box of chocolates, you know, you never know what you're going to get year in, year out. Everything, everything's different. I tell our guys to, to embrace that and savor that Uh, this locker room, the locker room we have right now will never, ever, ever be the same after this. Um, And, you know, as a coach, as you go through the preseason, you roles are slowly being defined and they'll be defined throughout the course of the season as well. But, you know, guys begin to emerge in terms of who are your go-to guys, who, who are your main scorers, who are your best defensive lineups, uh, those type things. So, you know, we still have a little bit more than three weeks before our first game. And, um, you know, seeing this team come together in jail is, 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 a, is a fun thing to do and to watch, but it's fun to do every single year. We talked about those core returners that – you really know what you're going to get, what to expect from them. Obviously, they have high ceilings, and you can see how they're going to grow. Um, but 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 mixing that core group returning from these new guys is an ongoing process, and uh, and I'm enjoying every second of it. And I'd, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention you have a new face on the sidelines as well. So Dave Davis heads up to VMI, but then you get a, a Dave Davis disciple in Coach Carr. Uh, what can you tell us about what he brings to the program? Yeah, you know, it's uh, Thomas is a Dave Davis disciple, as is Brian Cloman. Um, both okay, both yeah. Cloman uh, worked under under Dave, and and Thomas coached under Dave. And um, Thomas is a uh, first of all, he's a terrific human being. He's an outstanding father and husband, and um, he fits what we're about you know, the overall development of our players on and off the floor. He's a great mentor to young men. Uh, they gravitate to him. Uh, they, they trust him. He has an unbelievable ability to build rapport with players and, and recruits, just an outstanding uh, relationship person. 
which is an unbelievable quality to have, not just in the coaching profession, but in life. But, you know, he's also uh, an extremely accomplished coach that has been around for a long time. It's been a part of several different staffs. He knows our league very, very, very well during some of the best years in the history of UNCW's program. He was an assistant under Coach Keats and won, won championships there. Um, and then, you know, went with him to NC State and was coached at the highest level. And, you know, it's funny, like when <clears throat> I left Wake Forest and I went to Xavier and I worked for Coach Mack, it's, it's uh, that first year, especially, you know, you're learning terminology in the system, just like the players are. And it's fun to see him continue to evolve in our system. Um, he's really taken on a big responsibility in, in, in our rebounding. That's become one of his deals, kind of the rebounding coordinator. Um, we've been one of the better rebounding teams in the country the last couple of years, and that's something that, uh, that, that we hope to continue as well. You mentioned the league. There are going to be some new teams in the CAA this season, some of which jumped from the Big South. How do you approach the new schedule, teams you haven't seen before? I know you saw all these teams for the first time last year, but is the approach any different? It, it's not, you know, you obviously have a, an understanding of who's coming in the league and who's in the league right now and what, what teams have. Um, I'm just really big on focusing on the next game, the next prep. You know, you, when we get into conference play and we start focusing on those teams, we'll dive into preparation and those type, those type things. But at, at this point, I haven't given it a whole lot of thought. Obviously, there's some familiarity with the new teams coming in that were part of the Big South. Some of them I don't know much about. Uh, I'm very familiar with the coaches at all of those programs, all those institutions, and have a, the utmost respect for them. Last thing I wanted to ask you about, we mentioned Rain and Baba and Ben. Those guys had an unbelievable game against the team that ended up being a runner-up to national champions, UNC. The atmosphere at the six for the North Carolina game, where does it rank in the uh, all-time list of, of games you've been part of? Yeah, it's pretty special, man. It was electric. That's all I can say. Yeah. I've been coaching for a long time, 20 something years at the division one level and I've coached in some unbelievable venues, big time electric atmospheres, but that ranks right up there. You're exactly right. And, you know, the vision is um, when we get this, this whole deal to where we want it, um, that's the norm, not the exception. And, um, you know, I give our fans a ton of credit we're at the tops of our conference every single year in attendance. We pour into the student body to make sure that they understand that it's their team giving them ownership so that they can make an impact on the game. But man, the vision is King Street's hopping like that on every single game night. The electricity in the building is just like that every single night. And um, that's what's going to happen. We're going to, we're going to will it into existence. And all you can do about it is the next thing, and that's uh, today's practice, and we're going to have a great one. Well, I know fans are, are itching to get back to, to TD Arena, excited for the season to start. You've been very gracious with your time. I know you have more important things to do than talk to me. But no, you know, I, I think the last thing I'd say is to any fans listening out there is we need you. We need you. Come on out. Support the Cougars. we got a very exciting team. And I think you're going to be proud of the product that's on the floor. You know, the students, our first game is November 7th against Chattanooga. Unfortunately, 
that's uh, the Monday of fall break. Monday and Tuesday is fall break. So it'll be difficult to get a, a huge student contingent at that first game. Um, the next home game the next week is the 14th against Richmond students. We need you to come big in that game. Um, so two two NCAA tournament teams. To, yeah, to you know, our, our early season schedule is no stinking joke, Tommy. It, it, and, um, yeah. you know, we say all the time, you can't sharpen your teeth eating oatmeal. And uh, the teams we play, the caliber of coaches, it's going to be legit and we'll be ready. Yeah, and we didn't even mention North Carolina, Charleston Classic, big time games, uh, especially in Charleston. Uh, thank you, coach, for doing this. Uh, I'll let you get back to it. And uh, our city, we'll leave it, leave it, leave it at that. Man. Our city, our city. Let's go. Tommy, good seeing you, brother. 